What's up, everybody? Welcome to Blue Now Power. This is Gabby back. How's everybody doing? I'm doing well. KT's doing well. She sends her regards. And yeah, um, it's been a doozy for everybody, but I hope everybody is staying safe and all that good stuff. Today, I want to talk about the scam that is affordable housing because you know that's 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 the new thing that's the new popping thing in america you know that's the wave a lot of celebrities a lot of rich people are investing in affordable housing and apparently you know it's it's a good um but as we know throughout all our research and studying and learning if a whole bunch of rich people say something is good that means something capitalistic and exploitative is going on so there. So I got me. I found an article, um, on lpeproject.org that I'm going to read. Um, but I did want to note that this uh, topic for me was spurred from seeing a article, two articles back to back. One about Elaine Brown um, leading an eighty million dollar affordable housing project in Oakland. And T.I. and Tiny um, opening up their first affordable housing complex in Atlanta, a 143-apartment, 25-unit place dedicated to accommodating homeless youth called Intronada Westside, um, situated opposite Central Hill Park in northwest part of Atlanta. Um, And, yeah, so after that, I was like, okay, yeah, if these motherfuckers are doing it, you know it's some type of scale. Uh, T.I. said in the thing, Killer Mike inspired him. You know, Killer Mike, he's on this whole real estate thing, buying back the block bullshit. Um, So, yeah, so I have my thoughts. But I want to start reading this article, and then, you know, we can expound the conversation, all right? So this article is called Privatized Affordable Housing is a Scam by Jacob Wucher. The following is based on an original, longer, collectively written article, Affordable Housing is a Scam, by a group of organizers with the L.A. Tenants Unit. You hear it everywhere. We need more affordable housing. It's a seemingly uncontroversial call, and yet we must be far more critical in our analysis and precise in our demands. Inspired by and learning from the struggles of the tenants in Los Angeles, a group of members of the L.A. Tenants Union were compelled to document the many and profound problems with the dominant model of privatized affordable housing in the United States. We found that the major affordable housing programs served to co-op the radical visions of our movement and funnel energy and social wealth into strategies that fail to provide decent and stable housing for the most vulnerable among us all while supporting and in many ways bolstering the rule of landlords in the racist, violent system of capitalist land ownership. We can and must do better, demanding and building tenant-led social housing models that create a future outside of the real estate market. Our first lesson came from L.A.'s Chinatown. Presently, the residents of the Hillside Villa Apartments remain in their homes and are on their way to winning a historic struggle to force the city of L.A. to use eminent domain to keep their building permanently affordable. Two years ago, however, their future was far more uncertain. In the late 2018, the residents of this 124-unit building learned that in just six months, the building's affordable status would expire and their landlord would increase rents to match the market prices in their rapidly gentrifying neighborhood. 
Some tenants would see their rents raise from $850 to $2,500 a month, an increase of 200%. Functionally, these were eviction notices. Hillside's villa basic funding structure resembles that of a mass majority of affordable housing constructed in the United States in the past several decades. The building was constructed with $5.5 million of public funds in the late 1980s, and in return, the developer and future owners would be required to rent the 124 units to tenants with incomes below a certain level at affordable rates, but only for 30 years. Now landlord Tom Botts, a wealthy white resident of Malibu with multiple investment properties across L.A., and a history of slumlordism and discriminating against families with children could cash out and force the displacement of dozens of poor households. But Hillside Villa organized and fought back. With the support of LATU and Chinatown Community for Equitable Development, the tenants formed the Hillside Villa Tenants Association, meeting every Thursday night with simultaneous interpretation occurring in three different languages at once. Spanish, English, and Mandarin. They've engaged in legal strategies, occupied the offices of their city council member, held multiple protests at their landlord's mansion, and energized LA's entire movement in the process. Now, it looks like they are here to stay. But, the lesson remains. Affordable housing expires, and other tenants won't be so lucky. In the city of L.A. alone, there are estimated 11,771 affordable housing units, which are expected to convert to market rate rents within the next five years. Across the entire country, one estimate puts the number of affordable units that may be withdrawn from agreements that keeps rent restricted over the next 10 years at $1 million. In L.A., 71% of expiring units are owned by for-profit entities. Nationally, at least, for units produced by low-income housing tax credits, the program responsible for the largest number of affordable homes, that number is over 80%. Instead of providing a social good in perpetuity, the dominant models of providing affordable housing allow for mass displacement and mass profits after just a few decades. Here's another problem we saw firsthand, which in policy debates is often acknowledged, yet too easily swept aside. Affordable housing is often not actually affordable and almost always excludes the poorest tenants. This lesson came from the struggle of tenants of the Kingswood Apartments in Hollywood, an affordable development where residents were being hit with rent increases of up to hundreds of dollars, but it wasn't because Kingwood's affordability covenant was expiring. Here, like in the vast majority of affordable apartments across the country, rents are tied to the area median income, a number set by the Federal Department of Housing and Urban Development. Since the AMI for Los Angeles is adjusted upward every year as the country's median income increases and the owners of their buildings, the Michaels Organization, one of the largest owners of affordable housing in the entire country, could legally raise rents regardless of the tenants' abilities to pay. Fortunately, the Kingswood tenants organized and with the support from LATU were able to put enough pressure on the Michaels organization to get the increases substantially reduced. Like Hillside Villa, tenants were able to 
remain in their homes thanks to the collective willingness to fight. Crucially, the AMI standards just don't mean that affordable housing can actually be quite expensive for tenants living in these developments. In most instances, AMI calculations effectively guarantee that the poorest tenants are completely excluded from these programs. In Los Angeles, a household of four with an income of up to $83,500 absurdly qualifies as low income. Recent numbers show that the units targeted at this income bracket account for nearly 40% of the affordable homes created by the LA's Transit-Oriented Communities Program, a program that's been widely and uncritically embraced by most mainstream commenters, which allows developers to build with more density in exchange for a certain number of affordable units. They got that over here in Memphis. They got stuff like that over here where... um, all these developers are just building, 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 but they have to have a certain amount set aside for, quote unquote, affordable housing, which when I was still um, a teacher's assistant, I wouldn't have been able to afford that. It was like double what I was making, but it's affordable. And I'm going to get to the main reason why this is irking me, but yeah, so pretty much what you're telling me is. These corporations, these real estate developments are getting subsidies to create apartments for the middle class to live in because now they can't afford housing. So is this the scam now? Is is this the scam? Wow. Wow. When you think about that. Girl, these, girl, boy, everybody, these corporations, capitalists, it just gets more and more creative. Like, if it wasn't evil, and if it wasn't literally displacing people, causing people to be homeless, causing people to die, the the way that they maneuver and manipulate and do that sleight of hand, all just to keep shit the same, it's remarkable. Remarkable. You didn't get everybody on board. You didn't get all this funding. Of course, the liberals, everybody loves it. But you didn't get regular digla people thinking, this is great, this is great, this is great. When these people get subsidies to build apartments, even when they did, even when they have lower rates, quote unquote, they are able to eventually in the future jack them jokers up to quote-unquote market rate and we know what it is ridiculous so these people are getting in good the amount of profit that's being made when they didn't even have to build this shit with their own money it's crazy or it's wild evilness evilness okay um Housing providers can offer these units at lower rents to tenants with substantially lower incomes. Yes, but they have every incentive not to. Exactly. That's because at essentially every step, affordable housing development and management is tied to the profit motive. It always is going to be tied to the profit motive if you have capitalists running shit. I mean, I'm talking like the government wants Things to get better. So let me let me stop getting mad at them because they're gonna do what they do. But for us, for people that's falling for the okie doke, anything 
that's saying a corporation, a real estate company, is going to be in charge of this. But it's for everybody. It's for affordable housing. It's for the poor. You already know. They wouldn't be getting on this. I wouldn't see articles. I saw some called, they called it all, compassionate capitalism. Compassionate capitalism. Think about that. This lady, she owns over 3,000 apartment units. Margie Stagmeyer, and the founding party partner of Tri-State, a nationally recognized real estate investment firm in Atlanta. Compassionate capitalism. I'm, I'm going off, but let, let me just read this thing. She led TriStar to develop a sustainable housing model that targets blighted and marginalized apartment communities, nearly failing elementary schools. In addition to creating equitable, what the hell is that? Workforce housing. Workforce housing. Company town tees? Stagmire and TriStar's pioneers partnerships with educators, medical professionals, municipalities, nonprofits, and foundations are reducing tenant transiency and improving outcomes through free after-school programs and summer camps access to affordable health care we love that word and community garden you know we love community gardens this sounds like this lady has got it going on margaret stagmeyer tristar llc and you're telling me that this woman <laughs> this is all about the greater good this ain't about no damn profit if i look how much this lady is making she's gonna be making thirty dollars an hour because this is about the greater good. This lady isn't making millions of dollars. This lady isn't living in a mansion somewhere, banking off the, the lives and, and the necessity for housing for poor people. There's no way. Okay, let me go back because y'all know the, I can get off track. Housing providers can offer these units at lower rents to tenants with substantially lower incomes, but there's no incentive not to. Okay, we said that. That's because at essentially every step, affordable housing development and management is tied to the profit motive. The public money only covers a portion of the development costs, so the rest is made up with private financing from for-profit lenders. In order to make a project pencil out, developers, even nonprofit ones with the best intentions, they never have it, tend to plan on setting rent at the maximum levels with each affordability bracket and increasing them as much as they can each year. The public funding per project is simply not robust enough to provide truly affordable units to those who are most desperate. Let me ask you this. For the nonprofits that have the greatest, the greatest motives in the world, Let's say five years down the line, they've recouped all the costs that it that it took to um, they pay back all the investors that invested. You know, uh, all the costs they they've broke even. You know, are they still gonna be increasing their rent? How much you want to bet they still gonna be increasing their rent? Why why would they be increasing the rent? Because the goal. The goal was not affordable housing. This is a means to an end. This is a means to an end. And we're going off. But let me tell you something. These nonprofits are literally funded by real estate agencies. 
but they're literally funded by development companies. There's this one nonprofit we talked about it, and if it's called The Works, and they do all this affordable housing, and we're renting out to this and we do it. The the number one funders, the people that's on the board, are literally real estate people, real estate developer people, apartment development people. They literally created a nonprofit to bypass taxes and shit and do the same shit they were gonna do anyway. It's evilness. Evilness. Supporters and practitioners justify these programs by arguing they leverage large amounts of private money for social good. And euphemistically call the low levels of public spending shallow subsidies. Reflecting the idea that something is better than nothing. (laughs) We call it a scam and me too, bruh. There are many more critiques that can be leveled at the dominant programs that have made up quote-unquote affordable housing in the last several decades. But I'd like to end by highlighting what's perhaps the most profound shortcoming of affordable housing, which is the way it wholly fails to challenge and even strengthens the institutions and logics of capitalism preventing us from building or even imagining different ways of relating to housing and land. These programs rely on capitalist actors and incentives to provide what ought to be a human right that is socially and democratically produced and controlled. I think one thing about it is they intentionally market it a certain way. They intentionally market it like it's a government-funded program, like, like it's uh, the projects, like the housing projects that was like a government program, like – that's kind of the way that they market it to me from the, when I was an outside person looking in that's that's how it's marketed so so some people that aren't really that don't know no better you know could think you know the government is doing this you know they just but in reality well, I'm, I'm gonna get to it. They continue to treat land as a commodity that can only be temporarily and weakly regulated by state action. By relegating subsidized affordable housing as something only necessary for a small subset of the population, their means-tested nature suggests this system is broadly acceptable by the vast majority of people. As they perpetrate the fundamentally inequitable and undemocratic relation of landlord to tenant, where the owner of the land has far too much power over the people that live there. It is the job of the left and of our movements to provide alternatives to and critiques of the oppressive systems that rule all lives. We must set our eyes firmly on challenging the system of capitalist land ownership, an institution rooted in settler colonial genocide that has always relied on racial violence to produce value and whose function has been and still remains to efficiently allow the white ruling class to dominate the poor. More affordable housing simply keeps this system in power, but we must make alternative demands not for affordable housing, but for public and community-owned housing, reimagining the society we can create that will provide for the needs of all. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, Okay. So, there's just so many gems. There's, There's just so many gems. Let's think about this. Let's get angry for a second. <laughs> the reason, because first of all, this stuff ain't for the homeless. 
because you gotta have a job. The reason that we even need affordable housing for working people is why. Our jobs are not paying enough. Hmm. We could bypass all this do-ba-da-do-ba-da-da. The government wouldn't have to give, if we're, if we're going to play the capitalist game, the government wouldn't have to give no money for no damn subsidies. The corporation, the private people, you ain't even got to lend no money out. You ain't even got to invest. We got this. Tell my boss to pay me some more money, then I'm good. I can get me a house. I don't need no uh I don't need no rent and shit. Tell my boss to pay me more money. Increase the minimum wage to a place where people can actually afford some shit. But we're not doing that. So the government allows corporations to pay poverty wages and then pays other corporations. To remediate that problem. Now imagine. If the companies. That are doing the remediation. Are in bed. With the corporations. That are paying the poverty wages. It seems like. Hmm. say. Everybody's benefiting from this system. Everybody's benefiting. The nonprofits, The corporations. Everybody's benefiting from the system except for the workers. So, this is a legitimate issue. And this is a legitimate issue, the housing crisis, is a legitimate issue that's affecting corporations and capitalists. Because I just read an article about this uh, capitalist guy who's a Republican, but even he's like, uh, yeah, we need affordable housing. Because your workers need somewhere to live. You need to have housing around the area of where your corporation is so that you your workers can come to and fro work from work, right? So this is an issue that's affecting them. And so their solution is I'm gonna make money off of this. Which makes sense. And in the future, mark my words. Mark my words, we're going to them company company towns. It, it is literally just the logical progression of this system, which is all about expansion, 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 with paying the very less, the very, very least. How as a corporation can you increase your profits to the point where you literally are God's status? If every single dollar that you give to your worker comes right back to you. Something to think about. We know it's coming. It's, there's, there's, Amazon is already coming. Like, at this point, it's just a matter of time. But, so interesting. So interesting. And this is why you're going to see people. This, this is a new thing. They get pets on the back. Not only are they getting tax breaks, T.I. Tiny, Elaine Brown. They're getting pets on the back. They're getting book deals. They're going on TV. They're getting even more money to, to fund this shit. And we got another one that's coming up in Memphis. They already got, they got Crosstown. Crosstown, if you've never been to Memphis, Crosstown was a Sears warehouse. It's huge. It's literally in the middle of Memphis. Uh, they converted that into a multi-use 
things get stores, it's got a school, it's got a hospital, it's got a um apartments, it's got all this shit, art shit. I was looking on the marketing because I was like, I know they had to have some type of bullshit in there about how it's gonna help the community that is there because that community, like on one side it's you know, your old middle class money and then on the other side it's generations of poverty. I knew they were going to have to have something in there that was like, what you about the community? Of course, they said they, they're going to have units in there that are affordable housing. Okay. I looked at that rent when I was trying to find a place to stay. That rent was like $2,000 for you literally look like you're in a warehouse. Like they still got the stuff on the wall. Like you, you're in a warehouse building. $2,000. For a stone box. Affordable housing. I didn't see one thing on there that was about affordable housing. Anyways. This is just. But this is the thing. This is why we have to. Is the narrative shift. The narrative will always be shifting. Because that's what capitalists do. Whenever people are going one way. Towards actual liberate, liberatory uh, philosophy. Liberatory politics, radical stuff. Then the government and the, the capitalists and, and and everybody starts trying to shift and dance and move us back to the other way, but do it with the twirl so we're not realizing what's going on. So that's what we have to do. All this talk about affordable housing. Let's redirect it. If we're talking capitalists, you don't even need to assist me. Like we're doing three steps when we only need to do one. Why? Are these people allowed to pay me so little that I'm over here having to ask the government for some money? And you would think that Republicans who don't want no government interference, it's like pick what kind of interference you want. Which kind of interference are you going to accept? What do y'all think about it? What do y'all think about it? Because it just makes me mad. And the fact that these people can can raise the rent eventually, like, it is just a win-win. It's always a win-win. We are always the losers. It's like a casino. The casino always wins. And we're always the ones holding the bag in any way. Our tax dollars are giving subsidies to rich people so that they can give us a house they, or not even a house, an apartment or something that we can't afford because the corporations are not paying taxes for this. Yeah. But yeah, Elaine Brown, of course, she, she tapping all this shit around. Like she was doing some st- stuff with the community garden. She was doing, like, it's over with. All these, all the revolutionary people are, are dead except for, like, a couple. And they're either in jail or, or, or sickly and not, they get ain't no money. Um, exiled, like, everybody is just, just terrible, just horrible. <sighs> Gosh. What can you do? What can we do? What we can do is, firstly, call this shit out, always, that's always number one. And then, I want to read more about the L.A. Tenants Union. I know we have a union, a Memphis Tenants Union in Memphis, obviously. I need to look more into them and see what exactly they're talking about and what they're doing. But I think it would be good for us to at least 
read about what these guys are doing. Um, obviously, they're trying to, you know, just create reforms for now for tenants, you know. But, you know, the way that they're thinking, the way that they're talking, they they, they in the right spot. They, they get their heads in the right place. But, yeah, this is definitely... It's it's a huge scam, and and it's so sad. Um, like they said, the the other thing, like what incentive does the corporation have to allow the real poor? You talking about thirty? They talking about thirty dollars an hour. You talking about twenty five an hour, twenty dollars an hour in Memphis? That's a lot of money. How many folks? How many seven twenty five people an hour are gonna be able to afford your affordable housing? That's how I know that shit's affordable. And also this, okay, one more thing. What are the incentives for the landlord to upkeep stuff after it's already, after they collecting that check? What's the incentive of the landlord to not be a slumlord? Questions that need answering. But yeah, um, that's all I got today, guys. I thank y'all for listening to the ranting. Let me know what y'all think about affordable housing. Do you have any experience with affordable housing? Um, have, do you live in affordable housing? Do you know somebody that lives in affordable housing? Have you been a part of these nonprofits that tout affordable housing? Uh, let us know. Hit us up on uh, social medias at Building RPWR. Um, this has been Gabby, and this has been Building Our Power.